the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to the Reaching for Real Life podcast. Hey, welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. My name is Baron Wiley, and we're Zooming it today, Pastor Sean. You are looking good from this angle. Well, it's because I'm out at uh, Las Brisas, my hill country home. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't want to say I'm jealous here, but your background... Not a lot of nice dark woods there. I see a, a beautiful library. Me, I got nothing. I got paint. <laughs> uh, you have the American flag behind you, my friend. Well, that's... Those colors don't run. Oh. Those colors. I mean, what what is wrong with you? I can't <laughs> believe all, you. That's all you need. You're right. Well, hey, Pastor Sean, uh, I am so glad that we could do this. We got something special coming up here today. Yeah, we're going to have an interview with uh, Mark Hall of Casting Crowns. They're going to be at the Real Life Amphitheater on November 11th. Very excited about that. Get your tickets now uh, at Real Life. Yeah, reallifeamp.com, reallifeamp.com. And uh, Mark's such a neat guy. It was a great conversation. I'm looking forward to sharing it with you all. And uh, he's just one of these people who, talking with him, Baron, and I know you you know, you know, know what I'm talking about here, you'd like to just hang with. You could envision yourself having a barbecue, talking with him. Uh, he's just a very, very real person, and I love talking to people like that. For a guy that's been doing it as long as he has, uh, you get that kind of that rock star mentality, you know, Bono. What do you say to Bono? Mark is Mark, like you just said. He's, he's a youth yep. pastor, and he's and in the spirit of real life, he's as real as it gets. Yeah, and because of that, he's one of the easiest interviews you're going to do. I mean, we, we've had some great guests, and they're all, you know, the people who we talk to are generally pretty down-to-earth regular people people very successful obviously very accomplished but but down to mark's just really at at a different level he makes you feel more comfortable you know he's just that kind of guy yeah very so that's gonna be a great conversation well pastor john last week on the podcast boy you just uh you just opened up and and fired away uh without apology when it comes to uh don't forget when you go to the polls there and i i told you in the middle of this thing Pastor John, you've got now you're in the crosshairs because you're putting it out there. Did you get any feedback on that? Oh, I got I got mostly great feedback. I got a l- little bit. I intentionally didn't mention party. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention any politicians in the thing I wrote in our conversation. We mentioned the governor's race just because of how Texas had fared through the pandemic and things. But other than that, in the thing written thing that I put out, it, I didn't mention politicians or parties intentionally. Because I'm like, these are things people on both sides of the aisle are concerned about. These are things that I, people who I would call classical liberals, who I I agree with on many things, but there are probably a few that I don't agree with them on. Um, they were have been deeply concerned by what's happened and by where things have gone in the last few years, by what's come to the surface. It's been there for a while, mm-hmm. but it's come to the surface in the last few years. And then, of course, conservatives uh, have been concerned all along about some of these things, but are now even more stunned at what's coming to light, what's been happening in our schools, been happening in universities. And it's like, people are going, Whoa, time out. And so I listed some of those things and just said, uh, uh, don't forget this when you go to the polls, because we're kind of back to normal now or more feels more normal. The problem is people forget. And I'm like, don't, don't forget politicians who did this, this, and this. Don't vote for these people. But I did get some feedback. I was asked a pastor friend out of Michigan, 
listened to the podcast and they invited mm-hmm. me to be on a show with some other pastors talking about woke culture mm-hmm. and its leak into an invasion into the church, the progressive church, theologically liberal church, but also the evangelical church. And it's like this woke ideology is just kind of permeating all kinds of places. You go, how how can it possibly survive? And so one of the things that we had to decide in, in the beginning of this conversation was what is woke? Because different panels had different things. And they, a lot of times they pointed to symptoms of wokeness rather than wokeness. Woke is a slang term. You, you I'm awake or I... I awoke, you know, it's this idea. I'm awake to, and the way it's generally used, the injustice and inequity, uh, largely racial, but it can be in other areas. I'm awake to the injustice. I'm awakening as, for many people, I'm awakening as a victim. And I realize, oh, there's all this injustice and it's so bad. I must stand against it. I must push back. I must fight this injustice. And that's kind of what wokeism is. It's this this idea that I was asleep. I didn't see it, which is kind of an interesting thing. That's, that's a whole conversation. Mm-hmm. It, well, what do you mean you can't see it? Is it real or is it not? Because mm. if it's real, you probably can see it. When we talk about racial profiling and things like that, sometimes there are things that can be kind of unseen and there are places where that happens. But to say, no, 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 every person in the United States, every white person, every town, every legal system, it's all baked and created to be racist. That's just a ridiculous idea. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it creates a whole victim mentality in a group of people. And they now make it their life mission to bring down anyone who they perceive is part of or benefiting from this system. All right. So, Pastor Sean, give us a little sneak preview of, of what the conversation sounded like. What did you talk about? One of the big things they asked, which I thought was interesting, is how did this happen? Like, how does in an evangelical, Bible believing churches, or we're using labels now, okay? And they mean different things in different groups. And not everybody is, we all understand that not everybody's in the same place. But I thought that was a really good question. Okay, how do, among so many people who claim to be evangelicals, how does this kind of ideology leak in? Mm -hmm. My take particularly was, I think, two things. I think, one, I'm afraid sometimes the church has become insecure, okay? We, starting with what, you know, I'll call the seeker sensitive movement, which by the way, I benefited greatly from. And I really appreciated that the emphasis and even some help and instruction on keeping in mind people who don't yet know Jesus, who you want to reach in your community and pe- keeping in mind people who don't know Jesus yet, who are in your services, be sure you're calling them as well. And you're speaking to them as well. I think that's a helpful part of the seeker sensitive movement, but the flip side, and I think the overreaction is when you feel like, oh, God, I got to water down the gospel. I got to water down the word of God. And I think that creates two things. I think one, we start to think, oh, the greatest virtue and value of all in the church is that we be nice and do everything we can to please the world. We want the world's approval. And and nobody would really say it that boldly, but it's kind of an underlying thing that I've seen in a lot of places in the church. Yeah, And it's like, No, we're supposed to actually literally be swimming upstream to the world. Anybody who's hungry for Jesus, anybody who's repentant, anybody who wants, who's thirsty for more, we want to be able to speak to them. We want to be able to communicate. We want to share Jesus. We want to see them come to life. But we're not really about kind of wooing and appealing through how slick, how nice, how cool we are. And it's created this insecurity in the church. It's like Mm. we overcompensate to try to make sure the world doesn't disapprove of us. When Jesus said, no, the world is basically going to disapprove of you because of me. Yeah. 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 We want to be liked. And Jesus says, no, no, no. If they rejected me, they're going to reject you. That's what he said. 
So we need to understand that, you know, and that's one of the, I think that, and then you add to it a biblical illiteracy that a lot of people have. And again, I'm looking at we pastors, man, we are the ones when we water down the message, when we're talking about things that we think, you know, when all we're focusing on is things we think the world wants to hear. And, and again, our motive might be, well, we think we'll then give them the gospel. Well, I'm afraid sometimes the gospel gets left out of those. Mm. It's like the theme or the felt needs topics become central and the gospel gets dropped. And that's a problem mm-hmm. because what changes people's lives is the gospel. Mm. I'm not against talking about felt need topics. I think sometimes it's really good. I think, I think Jesus did it. That being said, but it's always comes back to here's the word of God and here's the gospel mm. and here's what Jesus has to say. Pastor Sean, what's encouraging to me is that this little humble podcast, this radio show here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, got on the radar in Michigan. And now this go out into all the world and share the good news is, yeah. is happening. So that's pretty cool. It was great. And I was glad to be able to be a part of the conversation. And it just reminds us that that this stuff is happening. We need to be people who are very comfortable speaking the truth in love. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing what we believe. If there's companies that are embracing immoral things and push, forcing those on their employees, forcing those on their customers, just say no. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be a, a jerk or aggressive. You just, I'm not going to patronize that business. It's just, I'm not going to do it. If there's media that is misrepresenting, just turn it off. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, as we said last week, uh, vote, mm-hmm. vote. It's early voting right now. Take advantage of it. It makes it much easier and simpler, much more convenient. So get out and vote and and make your voice heard. If we don't, then we don't have really any room to cry or complain when things go in a way that is contrary to what we believe. Election Day is November the 8th. November the 11th, we celebrate with a beautiful night of worship. We're talking about casting crowns, coming to San Antonio, coming to Selma Shirts. Yes, that's right. You can get your tickets at reallifeamp.com, of course. And uh, Pastor Sean, last time Casting Crowns was here, it was a totally different scene than the amphitheater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was very different. But this time, it's going to be great. We're going to do the amphitheater. It should be a beautiful time. This is a great conversation with Mark Hall of Casting Crowns, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Well, Casting Crowns is going to be here at the Real Life Amphitheater on the grounds of River City Community Church on Friday, November 11th. It's the Healer Tour. Tickets are on sale at reallife.amp.com. But right now, joining me on Reaching for Real Life is lead singer, chief songwriter, and youth pastor, Mark Hall. Mark, how are you doing today? What's happening, my friend? I'm doing good. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Now, last time we were together, last time we talked, you were coming in uh, to the Real Life Amphitheater and going nowhere near any amphitheaters because it was the parking lot tour. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> that was a season, man. How did that end up and how did you guys come out of that? I mean, how, how, how are you feeling now versus what that whole experience was like? Well, you know, it was very much needed. You could tell with every crowd we saw people were just missed being together. They missed hearing music that was actually happening in front of them. You know, it was like everything was happening on our phones for about a year there. And uh, so, so that part of it was refreshing. It was really tough on the, on the crew and, uh, and everybody trying to, you know, set up and tear down a concert in a field, but it was, it was really much just like a big mission project, you know, like, like a church goes out and does stuff to to help. And and it felt that way in, in so many ways. It was, it was a win. Definitely. We did 80 cities. Wow. 80, 80 parking cents. lot or field. Yeah. A couple of them were about 45 degrees in the mist uh, and drizzle. And just people were out there wrapped up in blankets and, and uh, umbrellas and just out there for the whole thing. And, and you just you just saw it. It, it was a big God hug, you know, just just getting together and being together like yeah. that. 
Yeah. You gave just one of the greatest descriptions that if, if any of our listeners have never been in youth group or grown up in youth group, they just won't get. When you describe that as being just like a big missions trip, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. You set up a sound system in a field. Everybody's working. That yeah. is a great description. Little little tents from Walmart and, you know, folding <laughs> chairs and you know, from the ground up. You guys now, I, I want to talk a little bit about your perspective because you've been, it was 1999 you guys started, right? Yes. Uh, we got signed about 2003. That's kind of when all, it all happened as far as the radio and the rest of okay. the world was concerned. Okay. So you're looking at 20 years here on this kind of journey also simultaneously 20 years as a youth minister uh, yeah both are like unusual levels of longevity you know and and that's just something that in in our current culture with everybody having their side hustles and they're just doing whatever they can or their career going place to place to place to place the idea of longevity is something that a lot of people don't really understand if you were just to kind of sum up what's one thing that you would say people misunderstand about your life as a christian touring artist you know i have a picture it's all you know fine hotels private jets and <laughs> I, I know that's what it's like mark but but what do most people misunderstand about your your the, the, the reality with the private jets is i'm just going exit row lord please exit row <laughs> <laughs> and if the upgrade does happen you're just like <laughs> oh i know that <laughs> i've talked about this a couple times on the stage recently about the whole famous thing and now people uh-huh. people see people as famous. And I was right. trying to explain to the crowd that famous is an illusion. It's a one-sided illusion. Like, I know the secret. You don't. Right. And the secret is, I'm just a dork, just like everybody else. But, but what famous means is that you know a lot about someone, but you've never met them. So you right. know a bunch, but you've never actually had the interaction. So I said, it's kind of like walking through Target. And you're like, hey, that's the girl that works at Chili's. She works at Chili's. You know, it's like the same it's just the same thing, but in a different in a different way. And uh, in in trying to, I've been trying to knock those pedestals down so yeah. people can see, you know, there's nobody on the stage has it together. And that, that's yeah. why I can sing to you because I'm not singing down to you. I'm singing up to you, you know. Yeah. And and I, I think what's kept our head in place has been the church. Just coming mm-hmm. home every week to the same people who've heard the songs and they're okay, great, we're glad you're back. You know, you get off the bus, you walk in, you see a middle schooler, and they're like. Oh, hey, you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> that is real. I'm back. Well, I love that perspective, Mark. And, you know, obviously we're reaching for real life. Real life is kind of a thing that we've always sought. And it, it really d- does talk about, it, it's about authenticity. And I, I do see that directly linked to your longevity because you do have that center. It's like casting crowns is this lar- hugely successful thing by any measure. And yet you guys have, it appears to all observances that we can make, it appears have maintained a normal balance. And that's huge. Very few people can do that in something that seems to require a whole lot of focus, pace, and energy. Like both of those jobs, I've, I've done youth pastor. I've been a senior pastor. I now lead this, you know, the Real Life Center, this nonprofit that we have. And I know the pace. Adding like a touring concert thing to that just seems incredibly difficult. How do you keep your spiritual center, Mark, and your just your your soul from getting exhausted. Well, I'll let you know if I ever do that. <laughs> I love when people say, "How do you keep the balance?" I'm like, if I ever achieve this balance you speak of, I will speak to it. <laughs> but um, but I, I think I'm just I'm like this in so many ways. You know, right. there there are moments that I'm like, I can't do all this. This is crazy. What am I thinking? 
you know, it's usually those bad back days. <laughs> You're like, why yeah. am I doing this to myself? You know? And uh, so, you know, th- there's those moments, but at the, at the other end of it, everybody's tired. Everybody's busy. Everybody's working. Bloom where you're planted instead of yeah. digging yourself up and trying to shove yourself out some, in something else yeah. just for the sake of change. Um, this is where God has me. This is where he's gifted me. And I've really got to bloom here. And, and if I, if I start deciding I deserve this or I'm entitled to this, or, you know, there's a lot of that going around these days. Um, you know, I don't deserve my next breath. So I, I, right. I'd rather have a backache doing what God called me to do. That's awesome. It, it's not a noble thing. It's not a, it's not this heroic thought. It's just God knew that if I wasn't planted in the church, uh, my head would explode or I would have become some awful, I don't know, or, or I've just been writing songs about my old songs because I have nothing new to say, but because I'm, I'm in the same church with the same people, there's a, there's an accountability yeah. for growth. You got to keep moving. And, and, and because of that, the accountability of discipleship is such a gift. Yeah. We, we see it as this thing God's commanded us to do, but what he also knows about us is if, is if we're not giving our faith away, we're not growing. Yeah. So, so it, it always, uh, when you spiritually matter to somebody else, it, mm-hmm. it's growing you. And, uh, yeah. and I, that's something that I didn't just decide I was going to do today because it sounded great. It, it's really something I've looked back on and seen. This is how I've kept it together because God's yeah. pulled me together with the accountability of the church. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, that is so huge what Mark just said. Understand there's a group of people, Mark, who know you as not lead singer casting crowns. They just know you as Mark. They know you as a husband, a dad, now a grandpa, and they know all that whole part of you. And there's just that grounding sense. Um, one thing a lot of leaders do is they isolate and they're separate. And this just isn't just artists who travel from town to town, which I think makes that even easier. But this is leaders in churches, because pastors can do this, business leaders, where you isolate and you're this figurehead, you're this this role, and that's all you ever are. And people who know you as you are so that when you walk in the room, it's like that junior high kid. Oh, hey, Mark, how you doing? Your beard's getting gray. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for noticing. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, you need those in your life just to keep you centered. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that perspective. Mark, we've all seen, okay, your lot of big wins, a lot of victories, a lot of success. And I know you attribute that to the grace of the Lord and good people around you. Do you mind telling us about one failure that you've had? Not, this is not really about making me feel better right now. Okay. I want you to know that. <laughs> no, but seriously, have you had something that you say, you know, I swung at this and it didn't go well. And how did you handle that? Because a guy like you, who's had so much success, there's had, there has to have been things that you, that didn't go the way you'd hoped. And hearing how you walk through that, I think is important for people. Oh man, which one? I could just, just recently would be, you know, teaching and speaking in front of kids and, and, then you walk in feeling kind of good about what you're doing and they just look at you like, why are you still talking? You know, <laughs> that one's brutal. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things where, where your pride raises up. It was like, uh, don't you know who I am? You know, you feel <laughs> the flesh come out and it reminds you, aha, I am still a dork. You know, that, yes. it's all back in there somewhere. So, so, uh, you know, people don't want to trying to help with certain things. I'm starting to move more into the school side at our, at our church and working in the arts uh, sections oh, nice. of trying to connect with kids don't want to connect and and you know failures like that when i walk into a room of of five thousand people i'm gonna the, the the 10 people that i focus on are the ones that look like they don't want to be there that that's who mm. i see first so 
I won't even see anybody that's cheering. I'll only see the person that's looking at their phone or looking for the door or just sitting there. And uh, that, that my nature finds that I always see the giant first. I, I, that's just the way it is. But uh, so every success that I have, I usually see the failure of that success more than I see the success of it. Mm, that's so, interesting. So to me, there, there's failures all the time. It, it's so when that happens. How do you process that personally? Because I, every pastor knows the feeling of tanking a sermon and going, why do I do this to myself? Why would I ever want to get back up and preach again? Or, you know, yeah. any, every person who's experienced that. <clears throat> but there's something that happens inside of some people that says, but yeah, I'm going to process this well and I'm going to contextualize it and I'm going to move on. Is that, yeah. how does that work for you? For me, it, it's, it's, it's usually God showing me a different perspective on what happened. It, it'll be like Greensboro the other night. I, I felt like it was the worst concert I'd ever done but like why am I even still singing you know I just struggled the whole time and then I get on Instagram and I just see all of these this night changed my life this is this is where God talked to me this was what this meant oh, yeah. and none of it was you sounded so smooth you know it wasn't a single <laughs> it was this is what God did I constantly get reminded sometimes God works through me sometimes God works around me uh, sometimes God is, yeah. is all around, you know, what, what I'm doing and I've got to redefine what the win is Yeah. in knowing what was the win was the win that I, I sounded like a frog or I sounded awesome or was the win this guy was reminded of the gospel tonight. This, this lady, I just read a few of these yesterday and I was like, that was Greensboro. How could the Lord have worked? I sounded so bad. You know, <laughs> my strength is my perfect kind of weakness. That's how shallow. That's how shallow you are, by the way. Just want to remind you, Mark. Um, yeah. You know, and it, and it refocuses you to like, okay, bigger picture, because failure is usually a tiny, a tiny picture. Yeah, it's it's a tiny little zoomed in spot of a story that God's weaving together. Dallas Willard had a great quote about it's not what it's not what we actually say that matters when we speak. It's what the Holy Spirit does with our words between our lips and their heart, and that yeah. we don't really know what's going on. We assume, oh, that was a bomb or that didn't. We don't know what the spirit did. So that's a great perspective, Mark. Oh, yeah. One last question. Um, you've been so gracious with your time. Uh, if you could go back and give your 1999, 2000 self a bit of advice, kind of looking back and give me a little coaching, a coaching moment with your 20 some years ago self. What would you say to yourself? Uh, I would say as much as good as you think you're doing, play more in the backyard. Uh, mm. Yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff like that. There, there's plenty of things, plenty of things that want to tell me. I, I absolutely get that. Um, but it's like, do we look back at this season of our lives and we understand things, you know, and it's like, yeah. I remember being younger. I was so worried about this. Am I doing it right? Am I, am I going to get it done? Am I going to matter? And all those things. And as I've come along, it's just very different perspective. You know, you yeah. go, yeah, God's what matters. And if I, if I make him matter in people's lives, then it's been a great life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the other night where we start a song and we get off kilter and I can't hear the, can't hear the band. I'm like, Hey, hey can we start that over? And I'll just make a big joke about it. You know, in 2003, I'd have been like, this is over. Our career is over. Everyone is going to hate us. <laughs> so you, you get a little older and you realize, okay, this really isn't the end of the world. This, this is, this is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, this is Wednesday. <laughs> Tomorrow. What a beautiful, <laughs> what a beautiful thought, Mark. Well, man, we are so looking forward to having you at the Real Life Amphitheater. Um, just really, really grateful. Um, we're going to be praying for you. Can't wait to connect. And, uh, man, just have an outstanding day. 
man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, man. And once again, the concert is coming up on November the 11th at the Real Life Amphitheater. Tickets on sale at reallifeamp.com. And uh, Pastor Sean, nice conversation. So easy. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. And I think I caught him by surprise on a couple of those questions, <laughs> but he did a great job. And it just makes me, he's the kind of guy I'd love to to hang out with and learn some things from and just, you know, makes you, makes you want to get to know him better. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing too. He uh, obviously has this story with having his, his kidney removed or, uh, you know, going through cancer. Uh, and, and we caught him on the way to the chiropractor, you know, we're, yeah. we're human, you know? Yep. Yep. And he's not, he doesn't hold any of that back. Correct. You know, he's very, very real about that. And, you know, that's what the scripture, when the scripture says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that's what it's talking about, right? Mm. It's not about us. And I love that. I love what Mark talked about when that concert uh, that he talked about that he really felt they kind of bombed, but yet God used it. And it wasn't about his golden voice or his wonderful lyrics, although he's got a great voice and the lyrics are amazing. Mm. But it was it was about what God does, mm-hmm. what God was doing by his spirit in people's hearts. And that's really what ministry is about. Awesome. Well, again, we'll look forward to seeing everybody on the 11th, but we also look forward to seeing you at church on Sunday. Yes, we will continue our conversation. Uh, it's entitled Called to Lead. Boy, I've been getting good feedback from that because mm-hmm. people are realizing I may not necessarily have a formal position of leadership, but I'm called to lead. I'm called to influence. I'm called to make a difference. I should have a vision. I should be a person who um, is pointing other people and leading other people to eternal life. So it's been a great conversation. That's at 930 and 1130 at River City. You can uh, we're on Lookout Road. Hope you'll come join us. If you can't, or maybe you're out of state or something, check us out at uh, reallife.org, and um, we'd love to have you. All right, Pastor Sean. Well, knock it out of the park like you usually do. It's always fun. You know, at the end, he says, hey, do you guys have my my cell phone number? And you was like, yeah, yeah, we're good. No. We didn't get it? We didn't get it. No, I don't have it. Dude. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I thought maybe you had it, but I had I, something in my heart said. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see if I have it. No, no, no. Hey, close us in prayer, Pastor Sean. Lord, thank you so much for um, just this time. Thank you for casting crowns and their longevity of ministry and their faithfulness. I pray that you would help us to be inspired by that. And I pray that we would be faithful in the things that you call us to do. We are so grateful. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.